1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. More details about your virtual season tickets. Celtic head south for pre-season training and Alan Burrows will quit the SPFL board. I'm Alison Conroy and joining me tonight from home is Roger Hanna. And suddenly things, Alison, have got a little bit more real. The first fixtures of the new season out yesterday. People can plan where to watch the football when they can't get in for the first few weeks of the season. The big question now is... When will supporters get back into stadiums? And until those days come up round again, how will they be able to see some of the fixtures, even when they've got their season ticket, that they can't watch unless they've got Sky TV too? You can give us a call tonight on 01419511025 or, of course, tweet us at Clyde SSB. Roger, as you mentioned there about virtual season tickets and your Sky subscription, we know what the fixtures are and fans can prepare to watch their team back in action again from the start of August. But on the virtual season ticket, that won't mean they can watch every single game. It's now emerging the season tickets won't cover any game live on Sky. So we're looking at Aberdeen fans won't be given club access to the season opener against Rangers. Celtic supporters can't watch Flag Day against Hamilton Ackies unless they have a TV subscription. Now, Sky would argue they're putting £25 million or whatever it is, a season into the Scottish game. So why should they let clubs show it at the same time as it's on Sky? They've waived the three o'clock kick-off. They, they can show them, but if it's live on Sky, you can't stream it unless it's international. Yeah, and it seems very unfair. The supporters, they really are getting a raw deal in this one. If you ask me, Alison, they've been asked to stump up for season tickets. Now, the season tickets, of course, can't get you into the grounds at the minute. Um, the sop to fans was you'll be able to see the home games via the club's own media mm. channels. But as you say, it's emerged today. I think Hamilton Mackies were the first to point it out. Yeah. That, yes, you can see the majority of the home games, but any games that are live on Sky you won't be able to access through your virtual season ticket. You'll have to somehow either purchase Sky or find somewhere the, the game's on. Now, a few people on Twitter are saying you've skimmed through that tweet. You've got the wrong end of the stick. You're all wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. I've spoken to three different people about this to check that it is correct. And I'm reliably informed, even from somebody at Sky. Clubs cannot show that game live if it's on Sky. So they can't show at the same time they can do commentary, as in, you know, voice only. They yeah. can show it abroad. You cannot tune in to your virtual season ticket and watch that game in real time. And that was the point you were making to me earlier on when you were explaining this to me. You can see it overseas. Yeah. You know, a lot of supporters currently can watch games, you know, three o'clock kickoffs. Any, any time I kick off, you can watch through the club media channels overseas at the moment. Um, but for the Sky games next season, you're saying that you know the only place you can watch them is overseas, unless of course you know you ha you have a Sky subscription here. It's going to be difficult for supporters to get their heads around. Mm -hmm. There's only the first batch of Sky games has been announced, you know, for the first couple of months of the season. Yeah. Um, clearly, they will broadcast the first old fun game of the season, Celtic Park. It looks like the weekend of October 17. It could of course be moved to the Sunday, October 18, for, for live coverage. Will there be anybody in Celtic Park by that stage? 
If so, I would imagine it would only be a small percentage of the 60,000 who, who would normally be there. This is when this whole thing will really be up for debate as to whether it's fair or not when an awful lot of supporters are not able to see the, the real blue ribbon fixture of the Scottish Premiership season. A lot of these fans, of course, will have a TV subscription yeah. as well, but the ones that don't and they've got their season ticket, they'll say, well, I've got my season ticket. And ordinarily, I'd be at that game watching that fixture. Yeah, and a lot of people will buy the season tickets. And listen, um, no disrespect to the Hamiltons and the Ross Counties mm-hmm. and the Livingstons of this world, but to see the big fixtures, to see Celtic against Rangers, to see the games against Aberdeen, the games against Hibernia and that, that type of thing, the, the, the Category A fixture, if you like, and if suddenly they're denied the opportunity to, to see that fixture, supporters will be up in arms about this, Alison. 01419511025 is the number you need. And Stevie in Springburn's given us a call. Hello, Stevie. How you doing, Alison? How you doing, yeah. Roger? Hope you are well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to come straight to the point here. Sounds like a bit of a rant, but I think it's something that needs to be said towards the Rangers supporters out there, right? Uh, these Rangers fans need to wake up and smell the coffee, right? I mean, I actually feel sorry for yourself, Alison, Roger, and all the pundits in the show for having to listen to all these Rangers fans out there. It doesn't matter how many times you try and explain the truth and the facts to these people. It's like talking to a lamppost. I mean, I'm not sure what they put in the water doing government, but it's certainly no common sense of intelligence. Now, my main point is, the blatant, the blame finger pointing in any direction, basically apart from themselves, is mind-blowing. I mean, all they've did since COVID is blame Neil Doncaster, Peter Lobble, I mean, if it started stoning government, I mean, they blame Peter Lowell and Neil Doncaster. They really should be putting all their anger and blame straight in their own club, as far as I can see. And my main point is, is that Celtic's won 15 in the last 20 league titles. A possible fourth treble in a row, right? The Rangers fans, you know, like going about Gerard, he never gets a difficult question, right? The Celtic fans were beating the door down, basically, when they were doing their nine in a row, like, after two or three, we demanded change. They just fans are just accepting anything the club says to them. You know, they were actually pleased and jumping up and doing because they get, because Neil Lennon got the job, a sensational proven manager, and they wanted a statue for Dave King after like Celtic won ten trophies in a row under his tenure. Honestly, honestly, guys, I I, I, I think and I speak for every Celtic supporter out there. That it's about time Rangers fans just started pointing the finger at their own club. And keep Neil Doncaster, who has been proven to be correct, by the way, in ending the season. And Peter Lowell has showed dignity right through this COVID-19. That's my point, guys. Well, I, I, I think we're still three and a bit weeks away from the start of the new season. I think all supporters, this is the, this is the, one of my favourite times of the season, the build-up when it's almost the, the sort of shadow boxing, if you like, starts. Every fan in the land will believe this is going to be their team's season. Celtic supporters like yourself believe it's going to be the 10 in a row season and Rangers fans will believe that this is the year that Steven Gerrard and his team will stop 10 in a row and will get one in a row for Rangers it's going to be a difficult start for them away at Aberdeen on that first weekend Celtic at home to Hamilton the following day and I think it's imperative if Rangers are going to have success and Steven Gerrard is going to push towards what he wants as his first trophy the Rangers are going to have to get off to a very good start. They're going to have to at least keep pace with Celtic, possibly get ahead of Celtic prior to that first Old Firm game in the middle of October at Celtic Park. And for me, it's going to be 
a fascinating season because uh, when you're in Glasgow, first is everything, second is nothing. 100% agree with you there, Roger. But the, the fact of the matter is, um, I mean, the, the Rangers can't even get a kit deal correct. They can't even get a kit deal right. You know, and where's the, where's the blue chip signings coming from? Where's the anger directed to their own board to try and get them sorted out, to try and get in the level with Celtic? And so, see, Celtic, Celtic could actually just keep on winning title after title if they don't. If they if they don't take their finger off the pulse, Celtic will just keep winning, and it'll be the same bluster you get every season for the Rangers supporters. You get every year. Just I'm just I'm just fed up listening to them, and I think you just fed up with it as well, guys. In, in terms of the in terms of the Rangers board, now you, you can argue about non-footballing decisions, if you like, kid deals and this and rowing with the SPFL board, etc. In terms of backing Stephen Gerrard. I think the Rangers board have done quite well in the last couple of years. You know, £7 million on Ryan Kent, £3 million plus on Yanis Hadji, um, Jermaine Defoe's wages on the loan deal are now turning that into a permanent deal as well. Um, there's been money spent on other players too. Uh, I don't think you can really argue with the ambition of the board. Uh, I think this will be the season though that the Rangers both having spent money and probably spending a bit more they may well need to replace Nikola Katic for a period of time now uh, I think this could be the year when the Rangers both start saying we've given you the money we now need to see the result of that on the pitch You mentioned Nikola Katic there Roger just how much of a, a blow is that considering the Rangers don't know how long he's going to be out for the foreseeable we're probably yeah. looking at into the, the new year I think it's a blow, Alison, even just in terms of numbers. Rangers defensively haven't carried the biggest of squads. They've gone with four centre-halves, Cattage, Goldson, Hellander, Edmondson. That's now down to three centre-halves. You would struggle to see any club really want to go into a new season. And it's going to be a hectic season. There are going to be a lot of games crammed in. There's still a European fixture from last season. There's European qualifiers. There'll be the League Cup coming up, you know, a, a packed league programme. Mm. A lot of these guys will be away playing international football for their countries as well. I, I don't think you could see Rangers going into the season just with three centre-halves, particularly when Hellander, who has had you know, a difficult injury record himself in his Rangers career, is, is one of those guys. I think even if it's a loan deal, you know, maybe getting down, looking at England, looking at the Premiership, the top end of the Championship... I think Rangers will need to get a replacement for Nicola Cattage if the lad's going to be out for six to nine months. Brian and Lark Hall's given us a call tonight as well. Hello, Brian. Yeah, hello. I hope you're, just st- you're staying safe. We are. Hi, uh, and thanks for, that. thanks for letting me get on. Just a kind of sub-context uh, of what you said there, Roger. Yeah, we will miss Cattage. There's no doubt about that. Uh, three centre-backs, but I think you'll find the Celtic have only three centre-backs at this moment in time. I, think it, I know it will be a squad and I know it's going to be a long, long season. Uh, whether we, we bring another centre-back in, we'll just need to wait and, you know, you know, wait and see that. It is a blow to the club, no doubt about that. Right, can I go on to my, uh, my point? Uh, I was actually going to phone in, and I actually phoned in last night. wasn't able to go on, unfortunately. It was regarding the, uh, the fixtures and uh, I'm not going to I'm not on here to cry, but I, I'm on for a bit of, you know, a bit of sanity, right? Anybody that believes that the first old firm game of the season been put back to the eleventh game was randomly done is, is wrong. It was done. It was done to placate uh, Celtic Football Club. I'm afraid. I think a lot of the other clubs that love fans in 
uh, and pushing it back further. And of course, what Roger said earlier on, it doesn't mean there will be fans in the ground, but by the middle of October, it may look better. You know, it may look better at that point. Uh, so can I have your... Uh, your ideas on that, Roger, what I just said? I was actually, when I saw the officials yesterday, Brian, I was surprised the game was so late for two reasons. One, the last few seasons it's tended to be the last fixture prior to the first international break. It's almost been sort of set in stone and that's when it's going to be. I would have thought if it was going to be moved, there'd been a suggestion it might have been brought forward into the month of August. Now, Sky have this five-year, £125 million deal now with the Scottish Premiership, exclusive rights for Scottish Premiership action. And Sky's biggest month of the season is going to be August because there will be no English Premier League football. There will be no English Championship football. That's when they're almost resetting, you know, off the back of this extended season before they start the 2020-21 season. Um, the rivals, BT Sport, will have coverage of this Europa League the Champions League, which is almost going to be like a mini World Cup, if you like, for clubs mm. in the month of August. Sky doesn't have any of that. And there'd been a suggestion that Sky might have wanted Celtic versus Rangers very early in the season to give them a really good glamorous fixture in the middle of August. So I was surprised it was moved so back, moved you know, so far back to the, I think it's the 11th fixture, as you said, Manchester 11, in the middle of October. Uh, I've no reason to believe it's been moved for any other reason than you know, it was just a fixture computer came up with that type of... Uh, I don't think there's anything sinister to be read into it. But it'll be interesting to see, you listen to, to Jason Leach, the National Clinical Director, you listen to Nicola Sturgeon um, speaking off the back of Jason Leach's remarks. I am not convinced there will be a huge number of people in Celtic Park for that fixture. Yeah. No, I actually agree with you, Roger. I think there'll be fans in at that point. But I think obviously there'll be a distancing. Uh, we, 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 we cannot take this pandemic. We, what we've done, the sacrifices that people have done the last uh, three to four months, you know, cannot be, be ruined. So I, I agree that there certainly will be nowhere near a full house. Can I say and one then, other thing? Yeah, I was just going to say to you, Brian, you then get to what is going to become the hardest job in Scottish football. Harder than Neil Doncaster's, harder than Ian Maxwell's, harder than poor Willie Collum's. If you're only getting 10% of fans into Celtic Park or into Ibrox Stadium or into Petrodre or Easter Road, how on earth do you decide which 10% get in mm. and for which games? It's going you to be, really are in a no-win situation there. It's going to be difficult with that one, Roger, because, you know, the how, how do you pick the criteria? Because you yeah. can't go with who, who has the most expensive season ticket or who sits in the best seats because everybody's got a season ticket. And if you're social distancing, Alison, you would think that, say, there's a family of four who have four season tickets you next to each other in, in one yeah. of the stands. How, how, how could you? Well, you could put them together. But if they live in the same house, yeah. Uh, 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 is, is there a fairness there that one family of four gets into the game and, you know, the, the half a dozen or more people who sit around about them don't get into the game? Absolutely. These are the these are the questions that someone is going to have to answer in the not too distant future. Thank you to Brian and Lark Hall for his call. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're back after the travel with Stephen. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard.
Roger Hanna here with me, Alison Conroy on Clyde One Super Scoreboard tonight through until seven o'clock. Stephen in Paisley is on the line as well. Hello, Stephen. Oh, good evening, Alison. Good evening, Roger. Whatever we say. Um, I just want to kind of catch up maybe a bit from last night, Alison. It was regarding the fixture list, and yeah. a lot of people complain about the the old Firm game. I think it's October the seventeenth. Is there any way somebody there can tell me why there's never been an old Firm game in the opening game opening day of the season? Now, I've, on this, I've chased this up. My own team, St Mons, get back-to-back games against Rangers and Celtic, yeah. and no other clubs ever had that either in the Premier League. <laughs> no, I can understand it's all conspiracy, conspiracy, but it's not in my part. I'd just like to know why there's never been an old firm match in the opening day of the season. You, you would think, by the law of averages, once every 11 seasons, it would happen, wouldn't yeah. you? Um, I, I think I, so. I, I, it's funny, my son asked me that very same question yesterday. Why the Celtic and Rangers never meet in the opening day of the season? I, and I just couldn't find an answer. I didn't have an answer to Well, I've, I've asked, sorry Roger, I've asked a couple of friends and they're saying it's because of this, you know, if Celtic, if Celtic win the league, Rangers have got to give the guard of honour and vice versa, which is not set in stone, it's not a law in the, the, the rule book, so I, I mean, that's the only thing my mates can think of, but, you know, uh, it's never happened. And also, like I said, my club's at Murren, they've got now the second third game of the season, they've got Rangers and Celtic back to back. No other club in the league has got that. Mm-hmm. And it's no harm. Yeah, uh, no harm. and a, a, a St. Johnson supporting colleague of mine now tells me I think it's it's nine times in the last eleven seasons St. Johnson have had an away game first. But how, how can that be right? And you know, in the law well, of Roger, well, Roger, I can to, I can top that one. When one win at the old Championship, they come into the Premier League and they had to play the first game away at Inverness. They, they won the game two nothing, right enough, but never get a chance to unfurl the flag until the second game. They were drawn away from home, which is I've never seen happen before. As well, so <laughs> yeah, that, it's highly unusual because um, there's the likes of the D United who will be unfurling the championship title flag uh, and uh-huh. they're there at home to St Johnson yeah. on day one. So, you know, as usual for a team to uh, the champions of each of the divisions to be at home first the following season, but there, there are some anomalies. And I did notice that St Merriman, it's a, it's a tough old start to the season for Jim Goodwin's team. Yeah, but like I said, I was listening last night and everybody was more, you know, going on about the, the October 17th and until I, I think there was a gentleman come on and pointed out the year that uh, Celtic stopped Rangers won the 10 yeah. in a row, the first full firm game wasn't until like November the 14th or something, 15th? I think... Was it in November? I think, Roger, we, we t- yeah, we, Hugh couldn't remember why. Now, we think now that it was to do with Princess Diana's death or oh, funeral and I think it was moved because it fell on that weekend. Yeah. Yeah, All right. I, think, I think that's correct and the, and, and the game was moved further back but um, it'll be interesting I, I have a feeling the game might be moved back to the Sunday um, mm-hmm. the 18th for Sky coverage and also so it doesn't clash with the opening weekend of the Championship of League 1 and League 2 seasons I don't think they'll want to take a lot of the a lot of the shine of that delayed start to the season also some of these fixtures we need to remember could well be impacted by European dates when Celtics qualifiers are when the Europa League qualifiers for Rangers and Motherwell and Aberdeen are as well we note um, and a you know, bid to help Scotland and their Nations League and European qualifiers Euro qualifiers yeah. there's two sets of fixtures which should all be played on Friday nights one early October a full six game Premiership card on a Friday night and also one mid-November but both those sets of fixtures could be impacted if clubs are playing European football on a Wednesday or a Thursday. Thank you to Stephen and Paisley for his call. Roger, you know, it's a random draw. The fixtures are different every season. But if you look at the last few seasons, the old firm games have always been round about 
the same time. No, the second one's always round about yeah. the New Year fixture, and the, the third one always falls round. It's always mid March. Yeah, yeah, it is, and that, that was why I was surprised when the game was moved so far mm-hmm. back. Um, they will say it's random. I think they've been working. SPFL have been working. I think with a company in Florida. Um, to help them put together the fixtures. Very, very difficult job that Ian Blair and his team have there. I think there was only 34 available dates in which to cram 33 rounds of fixtures prior to the split. Um, I don't know what they're going to do if the winter bites in and there are postponements. I don't know what they're going to do if there's Scottish Cup replays. Mm. It is going to be one of the most jam-packed fixture calendars Scottish football's ever seen, Alison. Well, you mentioned cup replays, you mentioned Scottish Cup. Now, obviously, the semi finals and final from last season, they've still to be played. Hibs due to play Hearts, Celtic against Aberdeen. Jack Ross, the Hibs manager, has been speaking about that today. He says, preferably, he would like, like fans into the grounds, but he says also we can't hold off forever. Yeah, and, and it's interesting when. It, Sorry, I was, I was going to let you hear from Jack Ross first of all. <laughs> Preferably before next year's competition would start, it would be helpful. I think selfishly, and I think all the managers involved, um, the clubs involved, would, would like that to be when we know supporters can return to the stadium because their showcase events, there's a lot of stake. Obviously, the fact that it's a derby for us adds to that, and um, both semi finals, terrific fixtures, and I think we'd, we'd benefit from being played in front of a crowd, but of course, there's a lot of buts and maybes involved in that. So I would anticipate it having to be before the end of the calendar year. The truth is, it is only two fixtures to fit in in terms of a semi-final, then hopefully a final. So they're not; it's not too many games to squeeze into the calendar. But has to be before next year. It has to be before the end of the calendar year. But hopefully that would coincide with supporters being back inside the stadium as well. I think the supporters back inside the stadium is hugely important, not just for the four teams who are left in the competition, Alison, for the SFA as well. The SFA have taken a big financial hit um, during the COVID nineteen crisis. Uh, they didn't get. Scotland versus Israel in the, the Euro qualifying semi-final, if you like, in front of a full-packed Hamden. They didn't get two semi-finals in front of a full-packed Hamden. They didn't yeah. get the, the, the big day, the cup final, in front of a full-packed Hamden. They will want as many fans back in the national stadiums for these games as possible. I don't think you can have Scottish Cup semi-finals, certainly not in the autumn. Very unfair on hearts if they haven't started their season. Yeah. Their league season won't start till October 17, so I don't think you could have these games played before then. And you're then a hostage to fortune. How far do Celtic get in the Champions League? How far do Aberdeen get in the Europa League? Are, are there any openings in those clubs' fixture schedules where Scottish Cup semi-finals could be played? Uh, I know what Jack Ross means. It would be preferable to play out the 2020 Scottish Cup in 2020. in 2020 I don't think there's any guarantee of that I think you could see it going into 2021 before these games are played 01419511025 and William in Stevenson's given us a call hello William hello Alison Roger hello hi William yeah, I, I could clear this up right now right see when Neil Lennon wanted the four old fun games after the new year right he was going on about it for a couple of days it was in daily record the headlines right then the next couple of days, the suits for the SFA and the SPFL come on and stated the game would be played in October. If it, it can't be a random draw if that's the case. They've come on. You can Google the headlines. They're right there and deal with it. I'm surprised that Roger doesn't know this because he's a newsman. The headlines are there. This game will be played in October. So it cannot possibly be a random draw. Can Roger answer that one? 
I think Ian Blair, the secretary of the SPFL, said at the time it wouldn't be any later than October. They weren't going to manipulate the fixture schedule to to have mm-hmm. you know four fixtures after the new year. They would have to play you know in, in the first eleven games. Everybody needs to play everybody else if you like. So I think. Uh, October 17 or that weekend Alison was going to be the latest it could possibly be yeah. and listen you can believe it or not whether it's a, a, a random draw they tell us it is and that fixture happens to be the, the 11th and last in the first round of fixtures um, it'll be interesting to see how as we said how many people actually are fortunate enough to get into the stadium to see it Well Yim, in terms of when the fixture is does it really matter to you? No, it doesn't. I don't get it, Alison. Mm-hmm. Honestly, right? I don't care if there's a million fans at Parkhead. I'm confident my team, fully flying, playing well, can go there and win. You know what I mean? I'm very confident about that. And they, they did the last time they were there, will you? Exactly. No, I mean, can I come back in about that uh, Celtic fan, please, Alison? Yep. Two calls ago. Mm-hmm. That, he said he's sick of, sick of Rangers fans and, and you are all sick of me. We're, we're sick of Celtic fans like that, obsessing about all hanging Rangers, kit deals, Gerard, this, that. We're sick of Celtic fans waking up thinking about Rangers. That's what we're sick of. We've waited while it's been, uh, I used the word shadow boxing earlier on, that's all it's been since football, when they the hibernation, if yeah. you like, in the middle of March. We haven't had any, anything you know, on a field of play to talk about since then. I can't wait to the weekend of the 1st, 2nd, 3rd of August when we can finally get guys out there on the pitches again and we can start the quest for the championship in 2021 and rather than Celtic fans complaining about Rangers fans and Rangers fans complaining about Celtic fans you can actually phone up and complain about the football again like the, the, the way we used to like doing Oh I can't wait for the football but it's already ramping up Roger you can feel it as the fixtures have come out and we're we're, what, we're less than a month to go I mean that, that, I was told Alison you were so excited you volunteered to go to Petrodri on the Saturday and Dingwall on the Monday night is that right? <laughs> um, I can confirm that is completely untrue but you've all got Gordon, to be nice Gordon to me I'm Dale working will, on it at the moment Gordon Dale will be champing at the bit to go to that double header he loves it up there He's been straight on the phone yesterday checking what was happening and I said I'll, I'll <laughs> let you know I'll let you know because well, he didn't he didn't go down. to Dingwall last season and I've got issues with this Dear, dear, dear. You can't, you can't beat your day out at Dingle. I remember going up there just pre-Christmas for the Comanlick game last year. They always get a warm welcome in Dingle. Well, do you know, speaking about Dingle, I was speaking to um, Ross County manager Stuart Kettlewell earlier today and obviously there's all this discussion about the fixtures. We're going here, we're going there. And he pointed out, you know, if you're, you're at a club in Dingwall, you've got a fair amount of travelling to do whenever that happens. And, and he spoke about the, the fixture list that they had Last season, I think they played Celtic Rangers and St Mirren all away in one week. Yeah, they did. And I noticed again, I think they're back down at Celtic Park. Is it maybe the Wednesday night, just mm-hmm. a couple of nights before Christmas, December 23? So um, they're a hardy band, the Ross County supporters. They're, they're a loyal band. They, they come down to you know, Celtic Park, they come to Ibrox, Motherwell, Hamilton, St Mirren, Kilmarnock. An awful lot of miles they do supporting their team. But the team have stayed up in the Premiership once again. It is a meritocracy. They deserve to be there. And a few changes off the field. It's now just Stuart Kettlewell. Stephen Ferguson's moved up the stairs to a director of football role. Different dynamic in the dugout for them. 
but they will be confident that once again they can defy the odds and stay in the top flight. Is it hard for us at the moment to look at all these teams and predict what we think might happen come the new season, more so this season than any other? Obviously, we will always give our predictions before the season kicks off. Is it more difficult this season? I'm I'm kind of struggling with exactly what's going to happen right through the leagues. Alison, you get our predictions every year and, and you know how difficult we, we find it anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to be any more difficult to predict than before. I would expect, now there is that bit of certainty and football is going to start in three and a half weeks' time, I would expect a flurry of signings between now and then, not just Celtic Rangers. I think probably all clubs will want to bolster both quantity and quality within their squads. Um, some lost more players than others during during the break there, players free, players heading elsewhere. So just in terms of numbers, the clubs will want to buy. So some some clubs are ahead of others. You mentioned Ross yeah. County. I think they've brought in four already. He's looking at Motherwell. another two, yeah. Yeah, Motherwell have done quite a decent bit of business so far. Um, I think you might look at the likes of Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock lost an awful lot of players between guys who are out of contract and loan players who are heading back. I think Alec Dyer will probably want to do a bit more work. Brian Rice at Hamilton as well, who lost an awful lot of players. I think he will look to do quite a bit of business between now and then. And favourite Saturday of the season, Saturday, August 1, on the show, all the pundits, get the predictions out there. And then for the next nine months, have callers coming on telling us how we all got it wrong. I think there's only one that can actually still be right for the last season. Oh? Yeah, well, right as in... The, the most right out of them the all, I think. Right. In I terms think of, yeah. I don't, I don't think that it's going to be me, Alistair. I don't think you've built me no, up for crazy. No, no, no. It, it might be me. <laughs> so I'm going to take it. I'm going to take this. It doesn't mean I'm going to get it right next season. I might still be wrong because, you know, there's still four teams that can win the Scottish Cup. So I might be absolutely wrong as well. And Roger, you're talking about signings. You're talking about clubs preparing for the the new season. Celtic, they're going away. They're heading south. They're they're Loughborough University this week for pre-season. Yeah, and uh, I think it had to be a different pre-season for everyone for obvious reasons. And this, you know, COVID nineteen has been a a global pandemic. We've never lived through times like this before. I was actually quite surprised that that, that clubs, any clubs, decided to go away. But yeah. Celtic feel confident that they can they can safeguard their players down. At Loughborough for the week, they then head to head to France as do Rangers next week to try and get some match action into the legs of their players. It's a very long time since any of these players played any type of football at Rangers Leverkusen first leg at Ibrox on Thursday, March the twelfth. Seems an awful long time away, and you look at how difficult some of the you know some of the teams down south, some of the teams in Germany, Spain, Italy found those first couple of games back after such such a you know time lapse. It's been even longer for players up yeah. here, Alison. They will need to get some time on a field of play, get some minutes into their legs before this first Premiership weekend. And that's a Premiership weekend that will be upon us all too soon. How tough a test are these pre-season friendlies then for Celtic going to be in France? They're playing Nice, Lyon and PSG. Yeah, I, listen, I wouldn't worry about results. I don't think no, anyone no. worries about results pre-season. The, the, the two key things for Neil Lennon and Stephen Gerrard when they take their squads over to France for these games next week is A, try to get the players up as close to you know full match fitness as you can and B, 
avoid injuries. We spoke about Nicola Katic earlier on in the show. A devastating setback for the lad himself. A real setback for Rangers too. I think they were, you know, high hopes of a big season for Nicola Katic. Neither club will want any more injuries between now and the start of the season. And it, it's going to be a difficult time, you know, for, for, for medical staffs. A, because of COVID-19, but B, it, it, it's sort of uncharted territory. They don't know how footballers are going to react having had such a break. A normal pre-season doesn't give them anything like a break of this length. And how do you go from not really doing anything or just doing, you know, a little bit of running, a little bit of, you know, gym work on your own to suddenly going flat out in the rigours of a Premiership title race again? You see injuries up in Germany, injuries up in England since lockdown. Yeah. I, I would imagine it would be the same here. And that's why we talk about, you know, clubs bringing in extra players. That's why managers will want players in because of the uncertainty as to how many injuries their squads will incur going back into football. This is Clyde One's Super Scoreboard. We're back after the travel with Stephen. 0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna here with me, Alison Conroy, until seven o'clock tonight on Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger, Alan Burrows today has announced that he is stepping down from the SPFL board. He says it needs freshness and new ideas. He's, of course, been on the board for just two years, but he says it's time to devote more time to his fur park duties instead. Yeah, and he's done a very good job. Um, it's not a job I would have liked, Alison, working in that SPFL mm-hmm. board for the last couple of years. Um, all manner of difficult problems they've had, notably the Dundee vote, calling the season early, things like that. And uh, it doesn't surprise me, to be honest, that Alan has decided to, to step back down. He's got a big job on his hands at Motherwell. They've got a European campaign. They're looking, I think, to hand the manager, Stephen Robinson, a new contract. After you know his talks about the Northern Ireland job that he didn't get, Ian Barraclough, he's, he's you know his close friend and former colleague, got that job. I think he will extend his stay at Motherwell. Yeah. And you know, for Alan Burrows and for all chief executives, there's big jobs going forward. And I think he's done his stint at Hamden, and he'll quite happily go back to Fur Park and work away there quietly. Probably one of the toughest stints for any board member. I think the last few months. Oh, without doubt. There's never been a time like it. Listen, you know yourself, I don't think you or I or many of the callers could have told you the entire makeup of the SPFL board <laughs> um, in any other summer. But all the callers know exactly who was on it, what clubs they came from, what their roles were, and, and all the different shenanigans during the summer. And for the likes of Alan Burrows, Les Gray, Ross MacArthur, Ken Ferguson, I think it would be difficult to be... Um, in the public eye for such a long period of time during the summer season and it doesn't surprise me that any of them want to take a step back and devote more time to their actual individual clubs. Tony in Bridgeton has given us a call tonight. Hello, Tony. Uh, welcome, Paro. Just oh. to, to clarify that Sky is Sky covering the games, right? Yeah. How does it work if you're ready to go to Sky? Yeah, you go Sky. That's what I can understand. Right. Well, the understanding is that if it's on Sky, it can't be shown on the virtual season ticket that clubs have because obviously Sky are the rights holders and they then don't want anybody else to be showing it live at the same time. Yeah. Huh? 
So, so I was still getting but season ticket holders don't have uh, don't have Sky. Yep, season tickets holders that don't have Sky wouldn't be able to watch it on their virtual season ticket. Now there seems to be a bit a bit of um mixed messages because I've spoken to a couple of clubs, I've spoken to Sky, and they're all adamant no, you cannot watch this on your virtual season ticket if it's live on Sky. Now Celtic are saying no, that's not the case. You can watch it. So there is a bit of, you know, there's mixed messages. So I'm doing a little bit of digging because Celtic at the moment are the only club that say you will be able to watch it if it's on Sky. Uh The other clubs I've spoken to are saying, no, absolutely not. It's a Sky game. You'll have to watch it on Sky. That's what I'm saying. No, I mean, I'm going to Sky and I've got a VT spot, so I'm all right. But if somebody that may have a season ticket, it doesn't have Sky. Mm -hmm. You know? To me, it's no fair them because they've actually paid for that game if it's at home, right? But they're not going to get to see it. I suppose I, Sky I would that, argue that they um, put £25 million pounds in a season. I think it's going to be down to the clubs, Alison. Yeah. Actually, it was, um, I think you said you spoke, you noticed Hamilton Aki's going to put out details of their virtual uh-huh. season tickets today were explaining to fans that you know any live games at the Foyce Stadium, I think was the first one you pointed out was at Hamilton against Rangers Hamilton quite Rangers, early in the season. Yeah. UK subscribers on the virtual season ticket couldn't see that game because it was live on Sky. You're saying that Celtic are saying something different. I think it's going to be down to the SPFL and or the individual clubs to come out and explain the details of this because if people are purchasing virtual season tickets for any of the clubs in the Premiership and maybe you know, championship and, and further down the leagues as well if they become available by October time. They need to know what they're paying for, Alison. Yeah, uh, there there seems to be different understandings from different clubs, Roger, as you say. So, you know, we need, we need a kind of collective response because I'm sure it wouldn't then be fair that if one club decides, yeah, no, actually we will show it and another club says, no, we can't show it, then those fans aren't going to be very happy. Yeah, and I would think the whatever the rule is, surely applies to all 12 clubs. You can't have a situation where some clubs are allowed to show the Sky game via their virtual season ticket and other clubs aren't. Surely it must be across the board for all 12. Tony, do you want to come back in? I I, I, I understand, but I still don't claim it. I still don't really get it, how they can can do it. And the the other point was, I if I phoned up the, the day mm-hmm. right, to see if we got the refund for last season. Uh-huh. But I had to phone them up. They, did, they didn't notify me. I had to phone up the ticket office and go up and get three forms, take them down the road and get them filled in. Yeah, we had something about yeah, this before. They did put it on their website of four or five weeks ago. They did put it on their website, but I know that all season ticket holders weren't written to specifically about a refund but they did put something on the website you know a, a month or so uh, ago and I think, I, th- I think that's what most clubs have done as well Alison and you, you hear back and you're the likes of Motherwell, Partick, Thistled and Thermal and just, just to name three have come back and outlined what percentage of their fan base actually claimed the you know the, yeah. the money back and, and what didn't I know Celtic have, it's harder for Celtic and Rangers simply because of numbers they've got far more mm-hmm. season ticket holders than any other clubs in the land and I think it really has been a big job for 
support liaison officers, people in the ticket office, just uh, you know, alerting as many people as they can and dealing with as many people as they can, either people who want the money back or people who don't want the money back. It has been a, a, a real, um, I won't use the word burden, it's been a real you know, hard job for them at a time when they're also trying to sell these virtual season tickets for next season as well. And at a time when Every penny is a prisoner, you know, not just for the smaller clubs at, at the bottom of the league. This, this COVID-19 has caused financial chaos throughout the Scottish game and the biggest clubs are feeling it as well. Yeah, thank you to Tony for his call. Kenny and Airdrie is on the line now. Hello, Kenny. Evening, guys. How are you all doing? Hope you're well. Good. How are you doing, my man? I'm good. Uh, listen, we're all talking about uh, obviously the Celtic Rangers thing they're, they're creeping in, you know what I mean, with a bit banter back and forward. I'm sure last season and the season before uh, we're talking about the opening fixtures. Hearts were away uh, the unfurling of the flag at Parkhead on both occasions. Uh, and we're talking about fairness. Why not start the season with all the, with all the nearest derbies? All the, the derbies that can happen. You know, so what's wrong with starting the season with Celtic Rangers, whatever? If the champions are at home, and I know people will say, "Oh, there could be this, there could be that, there could be that any time of the the game," you know what I mean? Just I'm sure. I'm sure, Kenny. You you you'll know better than me. I'm sure the season has started with an Edinburgh derby before on day one of the season. Mm. Pretty sure the season started with a Dundee derby on day one of the season. And this season coming up, we've got a a Tayside derby, albeit Dundee United against St Johnson on day one. So it's maybe not a bad idea. It would be. A great way to start the season. I know they like to keep a lot of the, the derbies back for the festive period and try and minimise the travelling for a lot of the supporters. But if there's going to be three or four derbies through the season, why not go? You know, start it off with a real blaze of excitement. It, it might have been nice having had to wait since March for any football. If we did have a weekend like that and just started with all the derbies, it would certainly mm-hmm. uh, certainly create even more interest in the game. Oh, definitely. But that would be my my take on it. You know, is and I think I think too busy too, for too long the Scottish football we've we've kind of panned to oh we can't do that we can't do this oh we shouldn't do that that's maybe not right let's just put it in a computer and let them put the fixtures and play them. What happens though, Kenny? If your team win their legal fight and they come up and then D United don't get up, can Hearts and Hibs both play at home in that opening weekend? Mm. Uh, listen, to be honest with you, I don't think uh, I don't. I, I, Roger, I, I said it away back uh, to Dan uh, the, sort of the week after lockdown happened. I'm quite, I was quite happy to take. Okay, we'll go down, you know, because I think, I think I said at the time there was a, a, a total rebuild needed at, at Tynecastle, uh, which is my team. You know, I've supported them. I've had season tickets. I've had shares with them. I've, I've done everything I can for my team, and uh, it's what everybody, everybody would do. But I think. Just take it, you know what I mean? Just go down and I hear people all moaning about the £8 million compensation. Well, I'm sure Aberdeen said, stated only last week or the week before in the news that if, if it carries on, they're due to lose £8 million to the season. So, I mean, yeah, I think it might even have been 10, Dave Cormack mentioned. What do you make of uh, your new manager and the, and the new goalkeeper, or the old manager and the old goalkeeper? So I'm loving it. Honestly, you, you can't get too better. You know, it's like two jambos coming home. Uh, and it's the lift we needed, as, as you'll be aware of the season we've just endured. And listen, I can take it on the chin. Oh, everybody's saying hearts were rubbish, they were garbage. Jim Goodwin even said it, which I think was out of order. He shouldn't have involved himself. But listen, if points were there to play for, you could have something. Something could have happened. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and, and, I'm the, sure and the last time Robbie Nielsen brought you back up, the last time, it looks to me 
as if he's got a stronger squad now than the one that actually came back up. So you must be confident of a, of a championship win. You've got to be, eh? I mean, actually, I watched his interview yesterday and he's actually said that uh, I liked his attitude because it's normally the old firm that you hear saying, no, we must win every single game. And, and Robbie said that in the interview. He says, this is Hearts. He says, we must win every single game. He says, to, to be in any reckoning at the end of the season. And I thought, I, I like that, Robbie. You know, and he, as he said, he's a bit better and a wiser man for his experience at MK Dons. He, he, he referred to the... the I was, Faster, more to deal with, and everything like that. So he said he's, he's looking forward to it. And Craig Gordon, the guy, the guy's an absolute legend and, and a fantastic goalkeeper. It was a difficult, difficult day for Robbie Nielsen yesterday as well, having been the man who won the title for Dundee United and celebrated Dundee United's championship success mm-hmm. and promotion. Now having to defend and Budge's take <laughs> that really Harps shouldn't be going down and Dundee United shouldn't be coming up. Thank you to Kenny and Airdrie for his call tonight. You mentioned Dundee United. Mickey Mellon is their new manager and we will hear from him tomorrow night on the show. He's going to speak to the media tomorrow. Yeah, and it'll be a very interesting day. A proud Scott from Paisley. Bizarrely, never been involved in football in this country. All of his playing career, all of his managerial career, all down south. Played for the likes of West Bromwich Albion, decent level. He's done well in management. Fleetwood, Shrewsbury, Tranmere. He's done well with all of them. Um, you see a few of the interviews around the papers today. Brian Caldwell, who he worked with at Shrewsbury, speaking very highly of him. Um, credited Indy United, thinking out the box ever so slightly. It's going to be a big, big season for them coming up, consolidating. Be fascinated to see how Mickey Mellon does. That's about it for tonight. Thank you to you all for calling. Thank you to you all for listening. I'll be back tomorrow night with Mark Guidi. Callum Gallagher's up next. Mm-hmm.